Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Behind the Human. I'm your host, Mark Champagne, and it's my job to unpack the stories and mental fitness practices of people living at the top of their game personally and professionally. Now, imagine turning on your computer and being completely locked out of everything. Email, login, all of it. Then you open your personal email and receive an email titled Notice Regarding Your Employment to then find out that your position has been eliminated. This is precisely what happened to Nicholas and about 12,000 other employees from Google. Nicholas graciously opened up about his experience to share the mental fitness that's been helping him navigate a significant career transition. I know there are many people going through significant changes with their employment right now, and it's my hope that this conversation helps those minds and anyone processing change or transitions breathe and reset for the journey ahead. Um, all right. Well, this, this can be a bit different. I mean, I, I was preparing for it this morning, kind of just standard way I do interviews and just list out as many questions as possible. Then I, I have no questions in here at this point. They're, they're, they're in my... You know, I, I, I learned this from Cal Fussman. They, they, they'll surface as, as, they, as they're needed. Yeah, um, sure. But anyway, it's just a bit of a different flow because it's, uh, it's not like a standard kind of interview. It's more documentation, right? So, yeah, it'll be fun. Plus, you're yeah, a good guy. So. Thanks for setting it up. Yeah, of course. Cool. Okay, so, yeah, I think the best way to, to start would just be, do you remember... Like, provide a little bit of flavor of the moment you got, you opened that email. Sure. You know, and basically, you know, you don't have to go into all the details, but what what did that email say? Yeah, yeah. It's a good question. I mean, it's not hard to get back there because it was only, I mean, it was only like 32 days ago. So it's pretty fresh okay. still. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, actually, I'll take you back a couple minutes before I got the email, because I think that really kind of sets the stage a little bit for it, too, because, you know, typically, like, I have a pretty robust, like, morning practice. Like, I don't mess with technology first thing in the morning. My phone's yeah. in a different room. I don't like trying to absorb any new input of any kind before I've got a moment to kind of get my life in order and kind of, like, be as good of a human as I can be you know, yeah. and, and then yeah. go out into the world. So, you know, it was probably, I want to say, about five o'clock or six o'clock in the morning. Uh, my cats were waking me up uh, as they usually do because it was time to feed them. Got up, went to the bathroom. And for some reason that morning, I stopped on the way into the bathroom and grabbed my phone. I had this like impulse. I was like, I feel like I need to check what's going on uh, on my phone. I had no idea like why. It was just like, okay. there's like this, this urge. Uh, it was Friday. I'm like, whatever, you know, like it's, I can't ruin my day that much. So let me grab it, see what's going on, go into the bathroom, sit down and use the bathroom. And the first thing I see is actually a LinkedIn message from my old manager. And he says, are you okay? And he says, oh, are man. you safe? And I live in Colorado. There's a lot of wildfires out here. There's a lot of shootings. Like we've, we've had our fair share of like scares where we've got yeah, yeah. messages from leaders like that. Checking to just, you know, do qual- like a well-being check. Yeah, and honestly, yeah. that's what I thought it was. So I was like, yeah, I'm fine. What's up? And as I sent that, I like also saw there was another notification. It was a text message from one of my uh, old colleagues and one of my old clients. And she just sent me a photo of her letter uh, in text. And I was like, oh man. So I popped over to my work email to see if I could access my work email on my phone. And it was completely gone. The whole phone had been wiped of all my corporate access. Holy and then, smokes. Yeah. And then I went over to my, com- my work computer, tried to log in, logged in, got an error message. 
I was like, no, there's something going on here. <laughs> it was like the, you know, the pieces were starting to be put together. Mingo had just woken up, haven't had tea, haven't really had a chance to do any exercise, like nothing. I'm just like, yeah, first thing in the morning. So I popped over to my my personal email, and sure enough, I found an email in the inbox, and it was essentially like, you know, we have some unfortunate news to share uh, about your role. And you know, I could paraphrase. Essentially, it was just, you know, your role has been eliminated. We've had to make some difficult decisions. And yeah. here's some like very fine print details about what your severance is going to be and what the timeline is going to be and all of that. Thank you very much. And I, actually, I don't even know if it did say thank you very much. Now that I think about it, I should probably find that, pull that up. But yeah, that was essentially the jest. And I basically spent the next five or 10 minutes just like spinning. <laughs> yeah. And then woke my wife up. Uh, she hadn't even woken up yet, woke her up to kind of tell her the news. And then the whole rest of that morning was just like dealing with the fallout of that explosion. All the messages from friends, colleagues reaching yeah. out, checking to see if I had gotten laid off. Like people didn't even know, like, mm-hmm. um, a lot of people were finding out based off of bounced emails or like calendar invites that folks weren't showing up to. So it was very it, abrupt. Is that like, cause I've been through a whole host of restructurings back in in the pharmaceutical world. And I mean, there's no good way, obviously, to to do this, but I've never experienced you just wake up and your shit doesn't work anymore. Like, yeah. like there's usually a phone call uh, yeah. with a manager or something, or yeah. um, I remember they used to bring us into the, the like hotels, essentially. And it was... Yeah, neutral like territory. That. Yeah, exactly. Um. Was there any converse, I mean, other than, you know, just in general, knowing the tech market, like this was happening uh, yeah. across other organizations and whatnot, but was there, was there any conversations beforehand that, hey, you're going to know something by Friday? Well, here's the kicker. So the day before, like literally the day before I was in, and I was in a really interesting kind of position just in where my career was. I was reporting to a senior manager, two levels above me. I was about ready to be moved to a new manager that I essentially like hand selected. I was like, I want to work with you. I like the way you operate. Your team's healthy, like bam. And it was like days away from getting transferred over there. Like I'd already met the team. We had just been in a team meeting the day before and we were essentially sharing around because the Microsoft news, I think had just been released uh, that Microsoft was laying off a bunch of people. And for me, that was like a big domino. It was like, all right, if Microsoft is kind of going in that direction, the likelihood that that happens at Google is probably relatively high. Yeah. And there had been murmurs going on and people had been kind of talking and expressing concern about it. But that day we had this team meeting and the whole team meeting was essentially talking about the unease of this. And I had even raised the idea that like, man, you know, I really hope that Google handles this in a, in a humane way. Yeah. Um, and I hope there's some clarity around this soon. And our, my new, new manager who I was about ready to report to, she was, bless her heart. She was, she was like, you know, we're in a kind of a, a really critical area of the company. We're driving business impact. The likelihood that any of us get laid off is probably really low. You know, I wouldn't worry too much about it. And even another one of my colleagues was, you know, we're, we're kind of talking about all these new things with performance reviews and some mechanisms that got put into place that kind of made us all feel pretty uneasy. Yeah. He's like, oh, you know, I think it was just like a series of like unfortunate events that just rolled out. And that's why we're feeling really uneasy here. It's unlikely that we're going to get laid off. And then that evening, I had a meeting with my current manager that was essentially a brief check-in. Nothing, no indication that anything was wrong, no indication that there was any issues going forward. We were talking about Q2 plans, you know, and like yeah. this transfer into my new leadership. So as of like 5 p.m. the night before, there's no indication. But by 3 a.m., that's when that email came through. 
And actually, I just pulled up the email here. I got it. The subject line, classic. Notice regarding your employment. <laughs> Jesus. How, did, how does that make you feel just even reading that right now? I mean, you know, I, I probably in a slightly unhealthy way, I keep going back to it and rereading it. Um, you know, I've, it's such mixed feelings. There's a lot of ambivalence there. You know, I think in some ways, you know, I get it. It's a corporate uh, decision that was made. There was probably some guidance that was given to leadership that indicated that this was a good idea. But I think just generally the cold nature of it, uh, the email paired with the inability to access our accounts and the inability to actually reach out to folks yeah. in particular felt cruel and unnecessary. At a company the size of Google, at the skill level that Google has in terms of rolling things out at scale, there's no, there's no good reason for them to have done it yeah. this way. Yeah. I want to talk about the, 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 the period in the morning where obviously I, I can, and again, having been through this before too, I, I can resonate like all the messages. It's just, it, there's, it's almost feels busier than normal in, in a way. It's like you're fielding so many calls and so forth. Yeah. There's obviously a lot of emotion as well, but for you, when did, when did it really hit you? Because you're kind of preoccupied in, yeah in that time, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, that's an interesting question too, because, you know, in some ways, well, here's the thing, you know, I've been kind of talking about this whole experience and really my career for the last couple of years as like sitting, uh, sitting with somebody in hospice, you know, like yeah. the, the, the tenor of the org that I was in, the, the culture and the shifts in the culture, particularly since COVID started, you know, I think that whole shift to remote work, the shift back to, return to office, the increase in mental health concerns that people were experiencing, people taking mental health leaves, um, the struggles that people are having, interacting and engaging with each other, the, the lack of efficiency, like all these things are just accumulating over time. Yeah. And, and I had gone through a mental health scare at the beginning of last year where I actually had to take a leave of absence for a few months. And during that period in time, I had essentially come to the realization that not a realization, maybe like a re-epiphany that like, this isn't going to last forever. Mm -hmm. And in, in, in all regards, it's probably an unhealthy place for me to be. So my runway, my time there is probably short, whether it's by my own volition or it's due to something yeah. else, it's unsustainable. And I had gotten to that place before I came back from my leave of absence. So all last year was essentially like reckoning with that and coming to terms with that. So when the, when the layoff actually happened, I mean, as soon as I got the email, it was both like the sense of like, I knew it, you know, like, you know, there's like yeah. this, that, that, that I knew it, you know, there's like that vindication component. There was the dread of it. You know, there was definitely like the shock to the system. And I was, I remember I was shaking, you know, when I was talking with my wife, like I felt yeah. generally calm, but my nervous system was just lit up. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the energy of reaching out to folks and just kind of keeping up with all of that stuff. I think it finally all really caught up to me that following Monday, because I hit the ground running pretty hard and it was networking, setting up my, what used to be my side hustle for my main business. Yeah. Yeah. I remember you saying that you, and I thought about that. I'm like, okay, he, you know, he, you're going straight into action. Um, yeah. And, and it was a conscious choice. Yeah. Yeah. A, no, I'm just, not saying it's a bad thing. It's just... At one point, the emotion is going to come. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. at that moment, it hadn't hit yet, but it was yeah. like, there's energy here. There's excitement. Let me do something with this adrenaline that's running through my body. My mm. body was going through like this fight, flight response. It was like, yeah. I have to 
do something here. So for me, it was like, all right, let's just turn this into something productive for the time being. And it was probably later that evening. It was like the rising crest in the fall of the evening. Cortisone levels drop. Emotions well up, you know, and it was that evening that the the negative self-talk came back and was like, was there something I should have done differently? Did I miss something? You know, I tried as hard as I could. It was all these narratives that came Mm -hmm. up. My wife was very, very helpful just to kind of like still me a little bit, let me know that everything was cool. And that passed, you know, and then I, I just showed up the next day at work, you know, like rebuilding what comes next. And every day since then, like I said, it's been a little over a month now. I still have some parts of this experience. It still comes up. There's still the self-doubt. There's still the curiosity. There's projects that I had half undone that I'm like, are people using that product anymore? Like what's yeah. happening? So there's all these little things that keep coming up, but you know, I think it's been really interesting talking to a lot of people uh, who have been trying to process this and then going through their own experiences of it. I feel really fortunate because I had something to turn to, you know, my identity hadn't been completely wrapped up with that company. Yeah. And I had Mm -hmm. gone through the hard work the year prior of untangling myself from that to just look at it as like a situation that I was currently in. Mm -hmm. So that's big. Yeah. It's been a little bit of everything, but you know, I don't think there's any one right or wrong way to experience or process this stuff. And, And just listening to people's stories, it's pretty obvious that people have a whole wide range of how they're processing it. Yeah. Hello, friends. Given you're here, I'm making the assumption that you're motivated to be mentally fit. So with that in mind, I want to let you know about the Better Questions newsletter, which publishes once or twice a month, providing all of us the opportunity to slow down, think, and ask better questions. As you know, quality questions are my thing. And this is an opportunity to share the prompts I've studied and curated to help our minds be healthier, clearer, more intentional, and expand our mental capacity. You can sign up over at BehindTheHuman.com slash newsletter, which will also give you a preview of my debut book, Personal Socrates. That's BehindTheHuman.com slash newsletter. Now back to the show. Have there been any like fundamental practices or rituals that have been helpful um, for you to help process I imagine it's like a range of emotions uh, as what you're describing. You know, there's probably, I mean, I'm angry for you at this point, (laughs) just in in the sense of how, how that was handled. Again, there's no good way to do it, but there's better ways to do it. And I feel like there was definitely a better way to do this one. Um, And then, you know, probably some sadness. And then also I imagine mixed with some excitement of like, cause like you said, you've been kind of building up a bit of a runway mentally that like you were going to eventually do this. Um, and here's kind of that jumping off point and whatnot, but, but that's tiring. That's, it's, it's exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. So what's helped? What kind of, what are, what are your, some of your fundamental practices? Yeah. Well, f- first of all, I appreciate you calling it out. It is exhausting, you know? And I think people, I don't think a lot of people realize the amount of energy and the amount of emotional labor and mental labor that goes into managing a transition and a change like that. Um, particularly if you've been doing or working for an organization or being in a particular situation for years. Like I had been at Google for almost 12 years, yeah. uh, eight as a full-time employee, the rest is a, a temp vendor and a contractor. So like I had been around for a while, like most of my thirties were given off to Google. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I think what has been really supportive for me and what's been really helpful. I mean, first and foremost, like a whole, whole lot of self-compassion. 
um, both for my current experience and what I'm going through and how I'm processing it and just all the various different things that come up there, allowing space for that, having good therapists, good coaches, a really amazing partner, uh, yeah. an incredible network of friends. You know, like the amount of people that have come out of the woodwork to support me and offer support has been tremendous. You know, I, I never once had somebody reach out and be like, Hey, that depth that you created for executive leadership was just so amazing. And I just can't, I've remembered it ever since or like no one has been like, Oh, that spreadsheet that you sent that one time, which is so on point. Like, I just, I, we're going to miss yeah. you. It was none of that. It was like, Hey, just thank you for the way that you showed up at work. Thanks for the things that you did to help the community. Thanks for your contributions to the mindfulness work and all of those things. And it was like people I hadn't talked to in years. Yeah. So that was huge. So just yeah. being open to and receptive of that love and of that support has been really, really good. But from like a tactical standpoint, I mean, <laughs> you know, I'm a mindfulness and uh, well-being coach, you know, on my, as a side hustle or have been for a very long time. So I espouse like routine and rituals and practices and journaling, meditation and all these things. And it was like, okay, here we are. Yeah. Let's, let's do this now. And like, oh, let's actually yeah. put this stuff into practice because I know that it works. I know that it's, it's helped me along the way through some really dark times. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I have a morning routine. It's been really, really helpful. You know, I'll wake up usually first thing in the morning, uh, drink a little bit of water, uh, try to get a little bit of sunlight on my face. You know, I live in Colorado, so it's not that hard. Although this time of year is a little tricky because a lot of times when I'm waking up, it's still dark out. Yeah. Uh, try to get some movement into my body. Sometimes it's just some basic, like sitting on a foam roller, doing some really, really low key yoga. Um, sometimes it's getting on the rowing machine. Uh, so I just got a rowing machine recently. That thing is like re- revolutionized my life. Yeah. Um, I quick 15 those. minutes on that, get the heart moving, you know, get the, get the blood pumping. And then I'll usually sit down and journal for a while after that, just to kind of clear the head, get all the worry thoughts out, get all the critical self thought, uh, talking out. Is that um, just, are you free writing or do you have pro- go-to prompts that you're using? Yeah, I've got a combination. So, and I, I'll mix them up. So this isn't always like, I don't always grab for the same tool. It's really kind of an intuitive thing. It really has a lot to do with like what it feels like I need in the moment. So sometimes it'll be free writing, a page or two, just open writing, whatever's on the mind, get it out. Um, oftentimes it's a gratitude practice because that's something that I've always had to work on. I have a bit of a doomsday mentality uh, natively. So I have to claw that back quite a bit and look at all the good and positive that's in, in, in the world. Gratitude practice. <laughs> Welcome to being human. Yeah, right. <laughs> totally. So like training that monkey to come back to where it needs to be. Um, a lot of times it'll be uh, two simple prompts. What's working? What could be better? You know, and this could be in, in multiple domains relationship work health and so on yeah it's a little bit of a litmus test just to kind of see and then i have a really beautiful data set because i can then flip back through that over time and see like how many times like i need more movement in my day shows up in my journal which is awesome yeah. so those are two really good prompts that i like and at the end of the day i have a slightly different routine it's a little bit less right writing a little bit less free writing and again, uh, there'll be an affirmation of some sort. Uh, I got this actually from the five minute journal. They have this like yep. really nicely set up in its own little kind of set of blocks. So a, l- a little affirmation because I, I need a little bit of uh, cheerleading every once in a while. So that helps. Uh, and then, you know, it's an intention setting thing. So like, what, you know, what am I, what am I, what's my highest intention for the next day? Okay. And that'll just kind of plant the seed, go to sleep on that. When I wake up the next morning, a lot of times it's the first thing that's on my mind. Yeah. Amazing Mixed how that happens, right? Sorry, I said it's amazing how that happens, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, just like the the self conscious or the self uh, the uh, subconscious like 
allowing itself to percolate and chew on some of these things mm-hmm. while you're sleeping. I, I think really, really works. And then both in the morning and the evening, I've got a, a quick meditation that I'll do. I'll do usually 10 to 15 minutes of meditation in the morning, either an open awareness or a focused attention exercise. Sometimes it's a guided meditation on an app. Yeah. Um, and then at the same time, same thing in the evening, I'll usually do like a five or 10 quick meditation just to kind of book in the day. And yeah. that by itself has been really a tremendous set of practices that have gotten me through this period in time, but also has really set me up well through even darker times uh, that of I've had. Of course. Have there been other or unique prompts, I guess, that have surfaced in this transition period that, you know, aren't kind of like your standard go-tos that you found have been helpful and and anyone else that uh, listens to this or consumes, you know, this content that's going through something like like this or will uh, at one point um, could be helpful? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, so I'm a big fan of like bound notebooks uh, and like journaling books. I buy them almost like religiously just to kind of test out like what people are prompting and how they're made, like what the texture is. Like I like physical things. So I've got one called the Veritas uh, journal or Veritas pages. Okay. Has these really beautiful prompts in that. And one of them, and I actually posted about this on LinkedIn. I I have to, I have to go back and find the actual prompt. I I should have bookmarked it, but the, the day I got laid off, uh, the prompt for that day. And I, I usually, this is one of the journals I usually use first thing in the morning. So again, skipped my, uh, process. I've been curious how this would have unfolded if I had started with the journaling instead of grabbing my phone. So just a good mm. thought for future self. But the prompt for that day was like something along the lines of this. It was like, assume that your job no longer exists and you had to choose something new to do. Like essentially what would you be doing? And it was, I'm telling you, it's like, <laughs> It was uncanny, you know, and I didn't see, I ended up not seeing that journal post until later in the evening. So I sat down to actually fill in the morning post yeah. or the morning uh, prompt. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> so talk about the universe tapping on, tapping you on oh, the shoulder, right? So yeah, prompts like that, I think have been really helpful. Like I'm a big fan of like this, this concept of memento more. Yeah. Nahagakure, the way of the samurai is another book that kind of talks about this a little bit is like the, the meditation on the inevitability of death not in the morbid sense, but, you know, things change, you mm-hmm. know, things are impermanent. So meditating on that and pre-visualizing what that can be, maybe another way of saying this is planning for the worst and, you know, being pleasantly surprised when that doesn't happen. Yeah. I find that to be a very powerful tool. It, it borderlines sometimes on the, on that worry mind and that rumination mind. Yeah. Um, but when done thoughtfully and in, with intention, you can really kind of lay out all of your worst fears and then make a plan for what to do when those fears arrive. So that, that would be one. Yeah. Um, you know, again, always looking at the good or looking for the good. Um, I think for me, it's really, really a helpful tool. So my wife and I have a prompt that we actually offer to ourselves before we go to bed. We've, we've been out of practice out of, uh, uh, on it for a while, but we just recently got back into it. And I was really excited, but it was like, what's, what are three good things that happened today? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, or what were three things that made you smile today or three things that made you happy? That was the post yesterday. That was the, the prompt yesterday with my wife before I went to bed. Was like, what three things made you smile today? And most of the time it's, it's conversations with friends. It's conversations with people that have inspired me. That's what, yeah. that's what lights me up. So yeah. that's a helpful prompt. And well, um, any of the gratitude practices, right? Like you just, you, you can't be fearful and upset at the same time uh, yeah. as being, you know, happy and, and, grateful like it just doesn't typically they don't coexist like that so and chemically as you know i mean you're essentially giving yourself a good neurochemical 
cocktail of serotonin and dopamine dopamine when you're when you're reflecting on those prompts so it's 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 one at least one of my go-tos and especially you know working with teams as well just like literally you can feel it in the moment an immediate you know reset when your mind is hijacked that you know you don't have to wait for any of these big events to happen even just the subtle shifts where you're like okay i need to i, I need a reset and gratitude yeah, no, absolutely. And I think one of the really interesting things for me with the gratitude practice, and this is something I learned during my mental health crisis earlier in the year, like I was having really, really bad anxiety, paranoia, like it was a medically induced thing. This medication I was on was actually causing a lot of it. And I, or yes. or I say it was amplifying a lot of what was already there. So my practices, all the skills that I have, like all the education that I've had on this stuff really wasn't enough. Um, but one of the things that really helped me during even that period of time and since was like, what is the gift here? You know, even in the suffering that I was having in those moments and yeah. the fear there, it was like, there's a gift in this someplace. And like yeah. having the, the, the faith or trust maybe that sometime in the future, it will, it will be useful in some way was really, really helpful. And again, it's like a, a skill set that I think I've cultivated over the years, like kind of mining my my past and my past challenges and the things that I've overcome and the resilience that I've built from that. And understanding that like, yeah, even in those times, I didn't think that that was going to end. And that was like, that was going to be the worst forever. Yeah. But knowing how many times I've come through that and built resilience and overcome those things, even in the worst of times now, even when I got the email about the notice regarding my employment, it was like, all right, we're doing this now. Yeah, like, here we go. <laughs> Strap in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's hard. Like, it, it makes me think uh, uh, much of what you've been sharing um, reminds me of, of a lot of the stuff that I learned actually when I was writing Personal Socrates from all these, like, zooming out and looking at the entirety of Jane Austen's story or Picasso's story and and then being able for us to zoom out, right? Like, cause we, especially in these big moments, it's, it's so easy again, cause you know, we're fighting, essentially we're, we're fighting against our, our, our biology in, in a sense of, of, of just survival mode, right? In these, in these tough circumstances. But when you really zoom out, this is just a blip in your, in the journey and not to say, not to diminish the, the emotions obviously there, but I, I don't know. I just, I always find it helpful to zoom up and take a different, like, take that perspective and, 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 and not to mask anything, but just, okay, this is, this is where things are at. But, you know, to your point, like, look, I've been through these things as well, came out the other side. And if there's a way and everyone's different, but if there's a way for us to just shift it into excitement for the unknown that's now out there, I don't know. It just makes a hell of a lot easier when, because when you know you're going to dip back in and it's yeah. in and out and so forth, but you can, you can kind of reground and get yourself back into that. Okay. Well, like I have a, a you know, I've got a bit of a blank canvas here. You know, what's, uh, what chapter do I want to write next? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and I think that macro and that micro view that, 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 that ability to kind of flip back and forth between those two perspectives, I think is really, really key, you know, because yeah, in the moment, you need to have those feelings. You need to allow yourself to, to experience them because there's medicine in those, yeah. those experiences and there, there's real wisdom in it. And you learn so much about yourself, you know, when you go through those experiences or, or you have the potential to. Yeah. So paying close attention to that, I think is really important. But then, yeah, like kind of zooming back out again and noticing, well, where does this moment fit into the broader landscape of my my horizon here and like mm. everything that I've experienced. 
And I, I feel like it's been really helpful for me too, to just weigh a little bit intuitively, like, does this hurt worse than that other thing? Like, eh, I don't know, you know, it, it just yeah, kind of like pairing that a little bit is, is pretty, pretty helpful. Um, I, I love the meditation prompt. Uh, a buddy of mine, Adam Quelo uses this quite a bit in his meditations. It's like this. Uh, it's like this, you know, it's a really basic, very simple kind of equanimity and realization that what is happening right now is what is happening, you know? Yeah, and and yeah, I think yeah. that's also a really powerful tool of just being able to bring yourself back to what is happening in the moment. You know, maybe another way of saying that as a journaling prompt is like, what's, what's really real right now, you know, yeah, yeah. And, and being present to that and being open and honest to that, I think can really help people heal. Yeah. Is there, Nick, is there a message you, I mean, you're, you're obviously still very much in the middle of all of this, but just for anyone out there also going through it and anything, any kind of words of, of wisdom that you'd like to just share, um, that you found very helpful for you? Yeah. Well, you know, I think the instinct here for so many people is to be like, you know, you're going to be okay and you're going to get yeah. through this. And I've heard so many people and I, and I really do appreciate it because I think people genuinely want to help. And I think they mean it. They're like, you're going to come out the other side of this even better. Yeah. You know, this is going to be one of the, you'll, you'll realize in the future, this is going to be one of the best things that ever happened. You know, like there's all these different permutations of yeah. that, you know, and I think it's beautiful. Like, don't get me wrong. You know, and I, I think it has its place, but I, I think what has been really, really helpful for me has been, well, it's a couple of things. I think it's, it's being able to say out loud, this hurts, you know, mm -hmm. and yeah. just find, find ways to speak into that. You know, I've been doing that with friends, with colleagues, coaches, therapists on LinkedIn, probably more than I should. Um, but I think it's been really helpful because it's, it's calling out what is right. It's naming yeah. it, it's making it real. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing that I would leave behind to people is, you know, they're, they're, maybe what you're experiencing is fear, right? Oh my God, what am I going to do next? You know, mm -hmm. so like that, name that fear, right? Get real crystal clear about what that fear is. Yeah. Um, allow it to have a seat at the table. Um, maybe it's shame, you know, maybe it's like, I know, gosh, I've met so many people that even haven't even told their parents yet. You know, it's been weeks, you know, and they're, they're like, oh, I haven't told my friends, haven't told my family. I don't know what to say to them. I don't want people judging me. Yeah. So there's that shame, oh, so, so like, you know, naming that shame, letting that be real. Um, yeah. And, and trusting, I think, trusting your inner wisdom and trusting your instincts for what you need. You know, so many people I've talked to also, they're just like, well, I've been able to do this play video games. It's like, great, mm. great. You know, like be present yeah. to that. Um, you know, other people I've been talking to have been like frantically applying for jobs. You know, if that feels good, if that feels nourishing, if that's a, a good outlet for that experience yeah. that you're having, as long as it's intentional, by all means do that. Other people have like different experiences, you know? So I think, I think naming it, allowing what is, you know, leaving space for it to, it to be weird. I think those would be the things that I would, I would definitely I like that last one. Folks. Yeah. yeah. Cause yeah. it is weird. It's, it's weird. Like the conversations are awkward. It's, it's a state of transition. I mean, that there's yeah. no other way to, I, I think to describe it. I mean, it's a transition and transitions are often, weird and uncertain and scary but also exciting a little bit at the same time yeah. and i think it comes right back to it, it it's tiring it's just a lot it's a just lot. to be um be kind to yourself and i remember like when i shut down the app and was in that whole like hopeless uh <laughs> 
time of my life where it felt like everything was about to, well, everything was exploding and there was no path forward. I mean, the only thing that was helping me was I, I kept my gym membership. I, yeah. I remember, and, and it was do, and I, I would do visualizations and meditations and in, in the, uh, there was a sauna or steam room in that gym. And like, that was, you know, I couldn't afford it anymore, but it was like, that was the thing that at least provide, like slowly provided enough clarity of like, okay, well, this is, here's the new plan, yeah. you know? So I feel like in, in, for, for everyone out there, just, you know, find that thing for you. It's, it's different for all of us, but. Um, yeah. And it might change right? over time too. Cause it, yeah, again, for it's, sure. unfolding. it's a process. It's not like an event that happens and then there's something different after that. It's this evolving process that we go through um, as we kind of absorb and internalize the transition and the change that just occurred. Um, you know, some people call it a liminal space. You know, I always have the image of like an airport or like a conference uh, hallway in a conference center, you know, or something like yeah, that. It's yeah. like these between spaces that are, they're kind of familiar, but they're kind of not, yeah. um, they don't really feel like home. They feel like temporary in some kind of play, in some kind of way. That's a lot of what this is, what these kind of big life transitions are. It's like these, there's these liminal spaces and, you know, in, in the philosophical sense, the liminal spaces often are wrapped up with some sort of awakening or some sort of like opening up to new things. Yeah. And whether that's getting on an airplane and traveling to someplace new, or whether that's embarking on a new career, you know, or, or finding the love of your life. You know, I think that there's these moments in time that if we can be really present to it and we can allow ourselves to fully experience it, even if we don't know the meaning behind it at this moment, years from now, years from now, it'll have a purpose and we'll be mm -hmm. able to integrate that in a way and hopefully even share that with others in a way that helps people suffer a little bit less. Yeah. Well, I, for one, thank you, Nick, for being a bright light in, in this world and, you know, having the courage and the openness to share your journey, uh, being very much in it still. Um, because I think, you know, there, there's, obviously there's, there's a lot of people that are going through this across the world and, and conversations like these, I think, uh, make us feel less alone mm -hmm. and um, give us some hope as well, depending on where we're at in that that whole cycle. So uh, it's 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 a pleasure to to call you a friend and to to have this conversation with you in this this time in your life and kind of put a pin on on where you're at right now and, and mark this or, or at least document this time and we'll see wherever it goes. I, I don't know. Uh, where this will end up, but I'm grateful for for you uh, for for being open to have this conversation and and look forward to many more and and all the other things that we're working on together uh, to help uh, a ourselves and and others move forward in in a whole host of of you know uh, situations that we have to face uh, personally and professionally. So thank you. No, thank you, Mark. And thanks for giving me the opportunity even to talk about these things. Yeah, I think there's so many amazing people that are out there doing good in the world. And the more we can band together, we can create community around that. We can really amplify our signal to help other people. I think the better off the whole world will be. So thanks for being a part of it. Thanks for being a good friend. 